welcome to our eighth episode of A Slice of Culture. I'm Jacob Pellegrino, and I'm here with my co-host, Shabazz Babul. What's up? Today we're also talking about, um, you know, not too much crazy news. We really did enjoy talking about movies. So we're going to talk about some music we've been listening to today to start this off. Yes, sir. So, uh, I mean, a lot of good music's actually come out during quarantine. We got, like, a Drake project. We got uh, Pop Smoke's album and the Deluxe album, which we're going to be talking about more. Um, Lil Baby dropped a project. Dub Baby dropped a project. Gonna dropped a Deluxe. So, like, yeah. there's been a lot of music. Run the Jewels put stuff out. Run the Jewels put yeah, stuff out. I wouldn't really consider it anything, like, too, too, like, groundbreaking. But it's been good that we're at least getting a new new stuff to inject into our playlist, right? Because we mm-hmm. all know that since we're all home, we're listening to a little bit more music than usual. At least I am. Because, let's be honest, TV, movies, video games gets pretty boring after a while. So on those drives, you always need a little bit of more flavor on your playlist. So that's why we're here, to give you some yeah. of our favorite recommendations. So what I've personally been listening to a lot of is I've really gotten into alternative hip-hop and R&B. Now you may be wondering, like, what the heck is alternative hip-hop and R&B? So it's a it's really underground right now, which is what I really enjoy. But the issue with underground stuff is that there's not a lot of high-quality music then. Um, there's very few tracks that are, like, actually really, really good. And it's a lot of tracks that you're like, okay, this is a little too experimental for me. But for those of you who are interested... Um, just to throw a few names out there that you may or may not know, uh, this would be guys like Anderson Peck and Smino uh, on the hip-hop side. You also have guys like Goldlink. And then on the alternative R&B, you have guys like Sir and Division. Uh, Dominic Fike is kind of in the middle between that hip-hop and R&B. Um, and you also have other people like Chica, um, Black, for those of you who are familiar with Black, he likes to go back and forth between like regular hip hop and alternative hip hop. Oh, he also released an EP he also, during yeah, quarantine. Six, six piece chicken. Um, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I, I really like that one too. That's so cool. it's been good stuff. Um, it's a lot of people that you're not going to be able to pronounce their names, which I think <laughs> is really funny. Uh, but it's just good. It's like vibey. And that's what I've really been looking at in quarantine. I've been looking for like vibey tracks because I'm not like. Nobody's going out to, like, parties. I'm not getting hype for anything. So I just need something that, like, can be played in the background, played while I'm doing stuff. Um, the rare times that I'm actually doing any work, you know? So mm-hmm. it's nice to have, like, this sort of, like, vibey, mid-level hype track. Yeah. Well, I think Anderson Pack's probably the most well-known out of the ones you listed. Oh. And well, he kind of... Yeah. I mean, he tells that line. I mean, he gets really into the R&B side on Ventura in mm-hmm. 2019. I mean, he has Smokey Robinson on a track. On top of Smokey, on that same album, we have gods like Andre 3000. And then uh, on the album before that, uh, Oxnard. Oxnard was the one before that. He has like Kendrick Lamar on that album. He has Dr. Dre on that album. Pusha T is on that album. J. Cole is on that album. Snoop Dogg is on that album. Q-Tip is on that album. So 
you have a guy who can do both sides of it when it comes to being soft, going hard, and the beats. When I say that these things are pure bops, like that's literally the best way you can uh, you, you can really describe it. Um, and if you don't want to listen to his real tracks, NPR Tiny Desk Concerts are bangers. His is probably oh, my yeah. favorite favorite ever. Him and Chance the Rapper have like the best ones. Um, he does his track Heart Don't Stand a Chance, and he plays the drums live on the Tiny Desk concert, and yeah. it's just it's just amazing. That's awesome. Uh, the Tiny Desk ones are always so well done. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy to like watch people like especially artists who have super high production value do tiny mm-hmm. desk concerts because you're always like questioning like i wonder if he does this song or she does this song how's it gonna sound yeah. because you know you can't replicate everything that you can on like a music production software in real life um somebody whose tiny desk concert really comes to mind is uh t Payne's. And uh, Roddy Rich's because those are those two like they oh they're like known for overproducing their tracks. Same with like yeah. Tyler the Creator, he has like a lot of production heavy tracks. So it's interesting to see them like kind of acoustic, make their songs acoustic, and it's a whole other vibe. Yeah, I didn't know T Pain had one of those. Not now, I'm mm-hmm. curious how it sounds. So yeah, right. It yeah, it's really good actually. It's, it's surprisingly well done. And what a lot of people don't know about T-Pain is the man can sing. Like, we all know him as, like, the guy who kind of made autotune yeah. uh, what it is today. But he's a talented singer. Yeah, wow. And also, from where we were talking about earlier with um, the features on Anderson Pack, you and I were just talking about Andre 3000 and Outkast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who I've been you know, listening to a lot recently. And, you know, one of the things that struck me a lot is, you know, if you start with their first album, which I didn't, I started with um, AT Aliens, but their first album, like the the reason, the reason I love Andre 3000 is, you know, he has such a unique voice Mm -hmm. that you hear on like, you know, because now he hasn't released any stuff by himself, you know, so just on his features. He's been on crazy features, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's all over um, Kid Cudi's Passion, Pain, and Demon Slang, mm-hmm. even though he's just credited as Andre Benjamin throughout the album. Yeah, and, and then you've seen him on tracks like, or you've heard him on tracks like uh, Pink Matter from Frank Ocean's yeah. Channel Orange. He did uh, a track with Beyonce. He was on the Anderson Pack album. Um, he was on Drake's Take Care project on The Real Her. He has that outro verse, and it's, and it's just... It's not standard Andre 3000, but his voice... And his lyricism is just so pure on that verse that it's it's just beautiful. Yeah. Like, one of the things that struck me listening to it is, honestly, I don't even really know how to say this because there are no spaces. I think it's on Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music, their debut album. He doesn't do that <laughs> voice at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, I mean... And, and, I mean, we were talking about, I was mentioning how, like, with like debut albums it's really hard to want like you want to do your own sound always but it's difficult to do so because there's so much industry pressure because let's be honest your debut you're just trying to make it you're trying to accrue enough listeners to where your label is like okay we want you to start working on your second project 
right now. Yeah, and you gotta like. I mean, it's kind of gotten less like that in the industry now because uh, you have like SoundCloud and things like that, where a lot of artists will get their debut stuff done, and then they'll really have a true sound that labels will sign, and then they'll get their music on Spotify and things like that. But even with guys like J Cole, like if you listen to his debut album, which is the sideline story, um, he gets away from his standard, like more monologue rap, and he makes it a little more poppy and a little more mainstream because he, you just have to, right? It's what the industry yeah. needs because you got to make your name for yourself, but you don't really have to do that anymore. Yeah, but you got songs like Work Out that you wouldn't mm-hmm. see on any other J. Cole Absolutely. project. And you probably never will see, even though that's one of yeah. his best songs ever, um, you probably won't ever see him do something like that again. Yeah. Well, you got to like toe that line between being commercial and like everyone else and mm-hmm. doing your own stuff. Like, Experiment enough that you're going to be different and unique, but not... Too much like there's a Pink Floyd album I like and it has one LP of live stuff and one LP of experimental stuff. Mm-hmm. And and one of the tracks is literally just animal noises. Like <laughs> nobody should be Sounds getting like that experimental. Thing. Yeah, I you know, I don't I don't need that experimental. But like you need to do stuff differently, for sure. Yeah. And that's like a kinda slow thing where you get that artistic license. Yeah, and I mean that's why most most artists their best albums come in like right in the middle of their career like it's truly a peaking for musical production there's no artist that gets better with every single album um so yeah and i mean that's just how the industry works with younger artists you kind of obviously you see it less with younger artists because their sound is more established because you know like we said there's more musical outlets than before but still, you you see that a lot, and I think one young artist that we're sadly not going to be able to see that from is a guy like Pop Smoke, who, mm-hmm. if you listen to this album, uh, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, like you can tell that there was so much growth between this project and Meet the Woo, like mm-hmm. it was it was insane, um, and it just makes you that much sadder when. You, you just think about how he's not going to be able to do this anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, he had such a unique voice, too. Absolutely. Except for the fact that he sounds exactly like 50 Cent. True, true. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, a unique voice for today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's that New York drill, like, deep voice. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And it works so well for his music. Um, but what I really like about True for the Stars and Name for the Moon that just made it so different, um, and it makes me really sad just thinking about it, is that this dude wasn't just like that rap that you heard on Dior, his like probably his most famous, most mainstream track, I would say. Uh, it's not that like in your face New York drill rap. Like on on Shoot for the Stars, he was he was like singing and he he was switching flows. He was more rhythmic on tracks, and it was just beautiful. Like on tracks like Yeah Yeah, and then the t- the Woo which is my favorite track on the album. Um, even songs like Mood Swings, which is like huge on TikTok right now. Uh, you just hear him sing. And it's it's so nice just to hear him relax a little bit. Like not to be, it's nice hearing him as like more of like a person than like, oh yeah, I'm a New York gangster. I'm yeah. a thug, like all this more stuff. More than a character. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I have this, to agree with you. The Wu was the track on the album. Yeah, the Wu. Yeah, this deluxe was insane. It's super long. Um, I highly recommend listening to it in two parts. And <laughs> actually, if you really want to listen to it, listen to the album first, like the non-deluxe version of the album. Um, listen to that and then listen to just the deluxe tracks some other time because uh the the main stuff is on the album the deluxe tracks are pretty good it's mainly it's mainly like remixes of songs but you also get some extra tracks on there that are just like very 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 nice like uh well aside from the diana remix um hello and paranoia paranoia has gonna and young thug on it jamie fox is on this album like you're not gonna you're not gonna be nobody's gonna be able to top this this album so far is my album of the year and i haven't heard anything to top it yet yeah, i still gotta listen to the deluxe half of it yeah good luck with that it's gonna take you a while it's so but yeah i got through the main half so i just got yeah. that you know 40 ish minutes i guess it's like two hours it's definitely it's an hour and a half yeah stuff, you know mm-hmm but we're still anticipating a lot of good music for this year, which I think is kind of crazy. Uh, J. Cole obviously needs to drop an album this year. We still don't know if we're getting a Kendrick project or if we're having to wait until next year. Uh, Drake is expected to drop something in the fall. It has to be an album. But like, I, if I do say so myself, these tracks were these these new singles with DJ Khaled just weren't it, you know? Pop star in Greece just not. It just wasn't his best. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing anymore. Um, I don't. I don't see much creative direction going on with his music. Mm-hmm. And even though it's high quality, because let's be honest, Drake's average is everyone else's. Well done. So yeah, it, it's just sad to see him kind of get stagnant with his sound when his peers like Kendrick and Cole continue to push the envelope. Yeah. And uh, develop their own sounds. Even guys like Travis Scott have really come along, have come along really well, and are pushing their own sound more than anything else. And that's what you got off of Astro World. Um, Travis was able to get back to his own sound, which is why it was so so successful, like ridiculously successful. Yeah. And man, with what you're saying earlier, I'm hoping J Cole doesn't get distracted with that Pistons tryout he gets <laughs> offered. Yeah, I, I don't know why he's doing that. I mean, I I, I fully one thousand percent believe that if J Cole decided to go to the NBA instead of being a rapper, rap, yeah, a rapper, he would be a solid role player, if not a fringe starter on any team in the NBA. Um, but like, you're a little old now, man. Like, he's like yeah, thirty-two now. So for the rap, you know. Is he 32? He's older now. He? He's a He's 35 now. Oh wow. god. So he's he's at the age where most guys actually retire. So yeah. I don't know what he's doing. If he gets oh, a tryout, yeah. that's amazing. I'm glad the Pistons are giving it to him. I love the way they did it by yeah. quoting the lyrics. Um, I think that's phenomenal. Props to their PR team. Um, yeah. but. Uh, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> just, just give me an album already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, man. I'm sitting here waiting for an album. He's probably uh, if it's anything game. like those singles, it'll be awesome. Oh, it'll be amazing. 
I, I no doubts in my head that it's going to be phenomenal, whatever it is. Yeah. And I've also been recently going back and revisiting a lot of Wu-Tang Clan-related stuff. So, like, um, you know, Enter the Wu-Tang, Liquid Swords, Return to the 36 Chambers, all that sort of stuff. And that's been really, you know, they, yeah. go, they go all the way with those Kung Fu samples. Mm-hmm. Um, Enter the Wu-Tang is just, like, such a classic album. And if you, if you listen to rap and you're one of those people who listens to, like, Authentic. I don't want to say like real rap because that's kind of subjective, but like uh, kind of like original, just like rhythm and flow lyrics. Uh, you gotta listen to Wu Tang, and you have to listen to uh, Enter the Wu Tang because it's just a classic album. Like you have to know these songs. If you don't know Cream, and you don't know like Protect Your Neck, and you. You don't know all the different versions of both of those songs because <laughs> there's like three or four of them, um, yeah. and you don't know who like Method Man is and all this stuff. Like you're not, I'm sorry, but like you're not, you're not a fan. Like I'm not a fan of you because <laughs> you got to know who these guys are. Yeah. Like they they made like they're like the OGs like Ghostface Killer, uh, Ghostface Killer, RZA, Method Man, Old Dirty Bastard. Like these guys are just. They're the guys, you know, these yeah. your favorite rappers, favorite rappers right here. And you also got to know, like, everyone associated with them, right? You got, like, Mob Deep, Rakim, Most Def, uh, and then you have all the West Coast guys, right? At the same time, you yeah. got Tupac and Snoop and Dre and whole NWA, Ice Cube. Like, it's just too much history that you're missing out on if you don't listen to these guys. Yeah, there's, like... So much foundation you can get into if you're not, you know, if you take a moment to just look backwards some. And, cause, and you have no excuse, you know, especially fresh, right really. Yeah. You know, a lot of it. Especially right now, you have no excuse. You should be expanding yeah. musical horizons. Well, man, I was floored. I was listening, you know, when I was going back to Liquid Swords, I learned that they have a, they did another version of Cold World with, mm-hmm. um, with D'Angelo doing the hook. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that's better than the album version. Wow. Like, it's just, like, I don't know why that's not on the album. It's awesome. I may have to uh, go listen to that. Yeah. Well, then, like... But these guys are ridiculously talented. Yeah, Shame I mean, on people for not listening to them. Yeah, I mean, you go back to, like, Old Dirty Bastard, and, you know, he has, like, no constraints. Mm-hmm. You know? Not at all. He's, like, totally unfiltered. Like, I love that style of rap when it's just, like, they say what they say and they haven't, like, they just don't care. That attitude is what made, like, original hip-hop hip-hop. Like, the reason why guys like Ice Cube were so influential in the game is because they said what they said and they didn't care. Yeah, that, mean, was had, the whole, that was the whole vibe. Like that was the point of making hip hop. Yeah, you had like NWA getting banned at record stores. Yeah, getting banned at record stores. Getting banned from like whole cities. Like yeah, counties would same. counties would protest the second they would realize that they were coming to town. Like yeah, to have that kind of influence is just so awe inspiring that 
if you don't listen to them, I don't know what you're doing because that's just like aside from everything, that's just badass. Like you just have to you, yeah, you just have to give them props just for that. Mhm. So I you know, I think I think everyone should have some stuff to listen to unless they've yeah. already heard it, you know. And if you're not a big hip hop and R&B fan, then I don't know what to tell you. Go listen to some alternative hip hop and R&B. Maybe you like that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely I know I didn't get into the genre until, you know, a year or two ago, and it is it's so expansive. There's so yep. many different types. I mean, and you will I guarantee you if you look hard enough, you will find at least one artist you like because it's not oh, all yeah. the same, all right? The biggest mistake people make when they're like, I don't listen to hip hop, it's like they all think it's the same. You end up sounding like my mom. You're like, oh yeah, all they do is <laughs> no. There are guys who are actually like melodic. There are guys who have intense like musical backgrounds, like like professionally oh, yeah. trained in like music backgrounds, and you just like undermine the whole genre if you just assume it's like, you know, oh yeah, them yelling well, at you. Th- there's just so much. I mean, it's been really just amazing like mm-hmm. after i started listening because you know i i primarily rock's the main genre i listened you know I, i'm listening to yeah. more uh rap recently but rock's really what i know the most of so it's been really invigorating to have like so much more to find you know yeah and there's so much cross like so much intersection oh, yeah. between rock and hip-hop that if you like rock music you'll like hip-hop like you'll like a decent yeah. amount of hip-hop well, and it's like sampling so essential in Mm -hmm. a lot of hip-hop which i love i mean it takes these i mean you can hear like nina simone in songs like the story of oj and um you know and blood on the leaves it's just so cool to hear all the old influences i feel like hip-hop's such a great genre for people who love music because of all the callbacks it makes to like you know other music Homages are just beautiful. It's just perfect. Yeah, I mean, even with what we were talking about today, there's a, a land of snakes. J. Cole literally uses the beat from an Outcast uh, song. Yeah, the art of storytelling, which is yeah. arguably one of Outcast's best songs, uh, if not their best song. It's not the most mainstream song. You know, it's not Hey Yeah or So Fresh, So Clean or Miss Jackson or Rosa Parks, but it is. I mean, I love it. And that beat is so iconic. And yeah. just for Cole to take it and like he does not copy a single like an ounce of their flow. It's all original. Um, yeah. That's hard to do. That's just very yeah, hard really. to do. I mean, it's hard to dissociate. I mean, even among yeah, with him, probably it's it hard to dissociate so he could make mm-hmm. his own version. Because like I want for those of you listening, I want you to like listen to your favorite song, like just the instrumental, and try to sing anything that's not in the same rhythm as the song that's the original song it is the most difficult thing you will ever attempt to do because your brain will constantly bring you back to that original pattern like you may do it for a few seconds but you'll end up on that same pattern and to do that for a whole like three and a half four minute track that's that's just that's high skill yeah that's just crazy so then our, our next topic for today is about um, opting out of sports. Yeah, so uh, 
we're recording this today is uh, Wednesday, so I can just get a quick timestamp on that because the NFL opt-out deadline from today is tomorrow, which is Thursday. So by the time you but listen from to when this, you'll hear it, it'll yeah. be already passed. All right. So as of right now, not too many big names opting out, of course, which is always a good thing. We still get a fire NFL season, of course, if it happens. Um, but the NFL opt-out deadline is tomorrow. 60 players have opted out, which I know sounds like a lot. But when you really kick into account that there's 55 guys on each roster for every team, it's basically like one team opting out. And when you also take into account, most of them are either like second-year players or like no names or bench warmers, then you don't really care. Like the Cowboys have had one player opt out, and it's our fullback. So I don't really care. Even though he's a pretty all right blocker, you can get another fullback from somewhere. Um, another big opt-out story is college players. A lot of the college conferences have switched their scheduling to make it only interconference. So a lot of NFL and NBA hopefuls are actually opting out of this season, not going to play at all. They're going to go train, which in my opinion is the best option um, because one, you're not exposing yourself to possible COVID cases from other schools. And two, you training in the gym is better than you playing in college against competition that you already dominate. Because when you go train, you can push yourself a lot harder. And then you have no games to prep for. So there's no, like, you don't have to worry about any in-game training. And now we come to the MLB, which is in midseason. And players are still opting out. So, Jacob. Yeah, the craziest one recently was Jonas Suspedas from the Mets. New York Mets. I mean, this guy... Didn't show up to a game. Didn't tell them anything. Show up. He turned off his yeah. phone. The team didn't, couldn't get into contact with him. Left his hotel. Just took all his stuff out. And when I say I thought he was dead, I'm not kidding. Like, this has happened before in sports where a player goes missing on game day. And they show up in, like, a ditch somewhere. Yeah. So, like, when I, like, at first, I thought it was kind of like, I was like, oh, ha. That sucks for the Mets. Like, what a loser organization. And then a few hours went by, and I was like, they still haven't found him. And I was like, okay, okay, I feel really bad because, dude, like, this dude may be, like, he may have gotten, like, kidnapped or, like, he may be dead. He might be hungover somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's so many options to, like, that. there's so many things that your brain goes through. But yeah, he just opted out. He, he, yeah. just, he was just he like, just, I'm done playing. <laughs> he play. And he's done, he has not done well this year. So I don't no. even know if that team's losing anything. He hasn't done well really anywhere he's been ever. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, he did for like a little bit, but recently, I mean, he hasn't even played yeah. for a while. Exactly. And they gave him that big contract and everything. So, eh, it's the Mets. I don't care. Go Yankees. Yeah, I mean, Yankees have been doing well. Doing well I mean, last once. So and I was to the defending champs. So yeah. I'm not too mad about that. Today, again, to timestamp. This is Wednesday. Today is not good. Not good game, Yankees. Yeah. Um, I'm not I happy. I have been checking up on it. Oh, it's like oh, 11. Oh, God, we're right dying. Now. What yeah, the heck? It's not good. Hap's a bad man. Phillies aren't even good. Man, and Didi got one of those things. Didi got someone. Oh, okay, never mind. I'm fine with that. Miss Didi. I, like I love Didi. Yeah. Oh, wait. 
low-key, the Phillies roster is kind of cold. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, Harper got, got a homer, got Harper, and it was like, and you knew Andrew, it was a homer Andrew, when that Andrew McCutcheon, and then uh, Segura, and, I mean, Didi's just, I love Didi forever and ever. I don't care what team he plays for. And I mean, Zach Wheeler's a good Zach Wheeler's a good pitcher. Yeah, so we just got to, you know. It's okay. The, you win some, you lose It's all right, though. We've won We're one. So, so We're 8-1. Yeah. That's Who incredible. Cares? Yeah. Yeah. We're not even having that bad of a game getting hits. We're just not scoring. Yeah. And then Hap I mean, comes in with his 10.3 ERA. Oh, my God. Yeah. Actually, Hap wasn't the worst pitcher today. Nick no. Nelson. Oh, wow. Nick Nelson. Gave up in 1.2 innings, gave up seven hits, seven runs, had six errors, and one home run. <laughs> That's not okay. Who, who, who I'm happy this? I'm not watching this one live. That'd be sad. The only thing I'm watching live is NBA because playoffs are looping. The yeah. eight game restart season's almost over. Well, it's halfway done. So, not almost over, but it's halfway through. Get in there. So get over the fact that Cespit is just up and left and didn't tell yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, there's another guy. I couldn't find his name doing research again. But there's one guy who opted out, and then he heard, like, you know, someone else he knew was, like, you know, playing still, like, healthy from COVID, and then he opted in again. Mm-hmm. Genius. Which is a genius move right there. I mean, the question is, like, how are they going to do this? Uh, especially, I mean, you know, this also applies to football or anywhere that's not doing a bubble structure. Mm-hmm. How are they, they going to do it if people get sick? Because I've heard things do a winning percentage, but that doesn't seem fair to me. And like, what if the team that gets, like, uncompetitive wasn't competitive to start? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I mean, that makes sense. Um, hopefully the NFL figures something out. I, we, yeah. They currently have the COVID. They they've added an injury designation for COVID, okay. so that's kind of nice because you don't have to like. Because two weeks is like, you could just put them on the regular injury report, but it's a better designation. Yeah. Because it's not only for positive tests; it's for if you've come into contact with someone. Oh, okay. Uh, who tested positive? Um, and it'll, you know, there's some pretty big names on that list to start. But uh, they've been taken off since then. Man, it'll be interesting to see how football team does. Yeah, I think Cowboys will be fine. We have, I mean, Zeke had COVID like a month ago now, and uh, our guys are pretty smart, from what I've heard. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you think that uh, Washington's gonna come up with a name anytime soon, or are they doing the whole season? No, apparently they're playing the season as. They're playing this season as as the Washington football team. It's awesome. That I saw the helmets today. I lo- I I really like old school helmets where it's yeah. just the Alabama style helmets. If you don't know what old school means, um, where it's just the number of the player on the side. Especially if your logo is kind of stupid. Um, like who has a stupid yeah. logo? The Green Bay Packers have a stupid logo. Um, I get it. It's been around forever, but like. If it's been around forever, just throw the numbers on the side. That looks better than your green, yellow, and white G. Like if yeah. You have a basic, if you have a basic one, 
honestly, you should just switch to the numbers because the numbers just look cooler in my opinion. And yeah, there's gold on the Washington jerseys now, which looks really nice. Yeah, I like that. Should be, should I mean all these sports seasons are going to be seasons to remember. Thanks. Yeah. Are you want to introduce our? Only they don't asterisk. Asterisk. I don't know how to say that word, but that. <laughs> word, uh, yeah. Ships this year because oh, like, so and so got COVID mid-season, and they lost because of that. I don't know. I think these are all going to have an asterisk or a note, at least in baseball. But, you know, every, you know, 20s, when the Astros won, that should have had an asterisk. You mean the Houston asterisks? Yeah. They make great shirts for them. Yeah, and the hats are nice, too. Yeah, and going to Rice and being near them is not going to change my opinion on that team at all. (laughs) I mean... You know, when I talk about it, I say, oh, wow, it's so cool that I'm going to Houston where there's a baseball stadium and I can see good visited visiting teams. You know, because there's no baseball team in Houston, no real baseball team. Yeah. You want to introduce our next topic? You know more about this one. For sure. So Jake Paul just got raided by the FBI and nobody knows why. And I love it. I love every single part of this piece of news because I hate Jake Paul with a dying passion and nothing will ever change that. You're talking about a guy who was watching people like loot stores during protests and then started joining in the looting. And then he was vlogging the entire thing and then posted it on YouTube. Like how much more of an idiot do you like how that's just stupid. Like, why are you posting yourself looting? Like, you do know it's a, it's a crime, right? Like, hopefully you know that. I don't think he knows that, because obviously. But anyways, <laughs> there aren't any details about it, and I'm kind of interested, because apparently it's not an investigation into him. He was apparently linked to an ongoing federal investigation, meaning this dude, like, screwed up bad, because he's linked to someone who's in even deeper stuff than he is. <laughs> So, I don't know. I don't know, but screw Jake Paul. I'm glad the FBI got him. Man, it says that uh, they seized some guns and stuff. Of course they did. Yeah. I. He probably just had them because he thought they looked cool. I also want to know what's going to happen to his fight. Because, if y'all didn't know, Mike Tyson's supposed to be fighting again. And the undercard bout, the big name undercard bout, was Nate, former NBA player Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul. So hmm. I wonder how that's going to get affected by all this. Um, hopefully Jake Paul still gets a fight because I'm going to watch Nate Robinson beat his ass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jake Paul got raided by the FBI, and I love it. Good times. He probably really enjoyed the experience, I I've heard they're very he nice. Probably when they the entire thing. We'll get a YouTube update by the end of the day. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll probably just yeah, definitely. There's definitely like a GoPro footage of it. Definitely. Cool. So our, also weekly, got... our weekly uh, weird thing on the internet yeah. is, uh, is 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 pretty amazing. Actually, I kind of yeah. love this. I'm excited um, about this one, honestly. Dwayne The Rock Johnson bought the XFL. 
Yeah, which and for those of you who say the XFL, I mean like the entire like he bought yeah, the entire yeah. league, and not just a team. Yeah, for those of you not familiar, the XFL is um a football league that's not the NFL that was just rebooted last <laughs> year and went into bankruptcy in part because of COVID. But Mainly yeah, he spent fifteen million, I mean, and he's he's got it, man. It says they weren't they weren't expecting to make money on this season, obviously, because yeah. that's just stupid. This is this was a long-term investment, but COVID kind of forced them deeper into the red than they were able to handle, like, and more than investors even wanted to be in. So uh, a lot of investors pulled out, and since there's only like there's only like eight teams, right? So that's an issue right there. When like half of your investors pull out, you can't fund that. So the Rock bought it. Um, I kind of love this move because the dude is like an NFL reject himself and he turned it into a very lucrative career doing a bunch of other things, namely WWE and acting. Um, So if anyone is going to turn around this league, it's going to be him. But what I love about this is how reminiscent it is with his HBO show Ballers, because in Ballers, he's trying to buy an NFL team and... (laughs) That's it's just perfect. It's honestly just perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, it it should be cool to see what he does with it. I was definitely gonna go to a game before COVID hit. Yeah, I was too. I was trying to go to a Dallas game mainly because it was at New Globe Life, and I just yeah. wanted to see. Yeah, I'll see how they changed it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, that was a nice baseball stadium. And I mean, our team wasn't that bad either. So. Hmm. But yeah, it'll be an interesting way. If they can get it up and running and kind of get it like to where how the NBA has their uh, G League and then you get like players on two-way contracts with the G League and the Pro League and you do that with the XFL and the NFL, it can be really, really profitable. Yeah, I think it could be something really cool to see. I mean, and you know, The Rock adds a good face to it that's going to definitely draw some audience. Mm Mm-hmm. We also have a pretty crazy conspiracy this week, and this one's about Stevie Wonder, who, you know, is known for being blind. And being able to play the piano ridiculously well. Yeah, well, being blind. I mean, you know, there are some amazing memes of people holding up signs that say, I love you, Stevie, at Stevie Wonder concerts and not realizing... Yeah, that is blind. Literally can't see them. Yeah, it does nothing. It's not, it does nothing unless you like are just yelling, or it's a megaphone attached. So this theory is that Stevie Wonder is not in fact blind, but that he which can is see. kind of crazy to think about because, come on, like why would you want to fake being blind? Yeah, I mean, like, like that's so not, much effort. A, yeah, and it's not like a talent thing. It's not like he wouldn't be famous if he wasn't blind. Yeah. Um. He's famous he's because he's, he's ridiculously talented, yeah. not because he's blind. But uh, so obviously, like any good conspiracy theory researchers, we tried looking up uh, evidence for why people believe. And it's not just run-of-the-mill conspiracy theorists that think he's mm. blind. There are some big names. It's right? people who big know names. him. Yes, who think yeah. he's blind, like Shaquille O'Neal. And Lionel Richie, both of them claim that Stevie Wonder is blind. Um, So I'm going to tell the Shaq story, which I think is really funny, okay? 
So the story is apparently that Shaq and Stevie were in an elevator, right? And they're they're kind of just standing there, right? Because obviously Stevie doesn't know who's standing next to him because he's blind, right? And so he clicks the button for his floor. And then he says, what's up, Shaq? <laughs> Shaq did not, int- apparently Shaq didn't introduce himself. There was nobody that yeah. said Shaq's yeah. name Apparently or anything Stevie like that. Stevie just walked so in Stevie and said just, that. Yeah. Stevie just knew no, who no. Shaq was. Maybe Shaq's aura was speaking to him. Yeah, like, what? Oh. That's some Shaq foo stuff right there. Yeah. I mean, that's a. And he said that on, um, you know, on TV, he said that. And the people didn't <laughs> seem to believe him, the other people yep. there. But, you know, and he stood by it. That's, that's just an amazing story. And if Stevie Wonder is not blind, Stevie, if you're listening to this, that this is like the most amazing prank I've ever ever yeah, seen. Yeah, well, it's pointless. I just don't know why someone would do it. It is is it is very pointless. But if you are using it for good, like screwing with Shaq on an elevator, then I respect it. I well, respect it big time. Um, and Lionel Richie's story is even more of you know messing so, with him. So you know, on that one, you know they. Stevie Wonder says, hey, I got something to play for you. You want to hear my new song? Uh, we can listen to it in the car. So they go around to the car, and Stevie uh, tells Lionel Richie to sit in the passenger seat. Stevie Wonder will sit in the driver's seat. And, you know, they're in the car, listening to music, and Stevie Wonder turns around, uh, looks, you know, over the driver's seat, and starts driving back down the driveway. You know, Lionel Richie understandably screaming, what are you doing? And Stevie said, ah, got you, didn't I? That's so just I, legendary. I, see, I mean, that's I don't see that that's evidence for him being able to see, but it's definitely an amazing prank. Well, we also don't know if the driveway is just a straight path or if there's yeah. like a curve to it or whatever. Because if it's straight, then I mean, obviously anyone can like go backwards straight, right? But if there's, like, curves to it, then this has some validity. However, Lionel Richie did not specify how the driveway looked, sadly. He should have told us about more about the driveway. Yeah, he should have. Honestly, if he wanted people to believe him, he should have been like, and and he went backwards down this curvy, like, super curvy driveway. Mm -hmm. Which then I would be like, okay, so he's not actually blind. But... Still, kudos to Stevie Wonder. Yeah. He's, he's not actually blind. He's just screwing with people. I um, think. I think the other thing people don't take into account is how long. Like you know, he was blind shortly after yeah. his birth. Yeah. So at so that early age, his entire life. you know, you're able to do so many more things while blind. Yeah, absolutely. Because you've gotten used to it. Your skills develop. Yeah. Your spidey senses tingle a little, a little <laughs> faster. Yeah. But yeah, he's a legend. Um, legend in two ways now. One for this prank, and two for the fact <laughs> that he's just a phenomenal musician um, yeah. and has put out amazing, just amazing, amazing, amazing tracks over the course of his career. I mean, he had his first number one hit when he was 13. Yeah. Like, that's insane. I was, I was like drinking chocolate milkshakes and watching Cowboys games on the couch when I was 13. Yeah. 
Right. Who's putting <laughs> out hip music at 13? And who who's and making complex. music at 13 is good, you know? Oh, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I want to kind of, like, walk up to Stevie Wonder and pull one of those, like, fake punches, like, right to the face. See if he flinches. Because I, I swear, that's the, the easiest That's the easiest way to tell if someone's blind, right? I like, think his security's like, going to take you down, man. No, but, like, I don't care. It just depends on if he flinches, right? Because if, if he doesn't flinch, then he's either got, like, that Mamba mentality or he's, or he's like, blind. You know, he might be blind. Just it's just like one percent chance he's blind. But if if he, if he flinches, I'm done. Like I'm I'm so yeah. done if he flinches. If yeah. he flinches, I want him to take off take off the sunglasses and like look me in the eyes and say, "All right, you know this now. Don't tell anybody else." Like I want him to confide in me the fact that he's <laughs> actually blind, making me sign like an NDA and everything, like the whole the whole nine yards. Because then in my heart, I will know that I found out the truth about Stevie Wonder and his <laughs> possible impairment. So yeah, catch me at the next Stevie Wonder concert. <laughs> Post-COVID. I'm, they're going to listen to this podcast before it happens and block you when you start rushing that stage. Hey, I'm going to buy meet and greet passes, so they definitely can't block <laughs> it. <laughs> Seems orphan. Take, Seems take orphan. a picture with Stevie, and then right after this fake punch. <laughs> 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 Just expose him in front of everyone in the line behind me. God, that would be that would be a thing. That'd be amazing. It was like an experience. <laughs> Actually, it'd be a lot easier in the meet and greet line because, like. He doesn't know when you're walking up, right? And usually when artists are in, like, meet and greet things, they, like, shake your hand, right? Or, like, dap you up or something like that. So if I walk up to him really quietly, really (laughs) quietly, and he sticks out his hand or something like that, like, for a handshake, then I'm going to be like, oh, you're not blind, are you? I'm just going to tell him, I'm like, I know you aren't blind. And see what he says. (laughs) That seems safer than faking a punch. punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. both. You never know. You never know. I don't know. I don't know. Got to check twice. You know, multiple yeah. tests to find the correct answer. Right. That's what science teaches us. There's strength in trials. It's true. I don't know why he'd fake he's blind, but you know, it's a good prank. You want to hang out with Shaq on an elevator. I mean, that's like 70 years of faking. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I mean, that's kind of crazy. That's like a long-term prank. I feel like it would have come out already. if. Yeah. Well, technically it has, right? I mean, if these stories are true, if it's true, then these stories are true, meaning it has been out for a while. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely something for listeners to mull over. And what we want y'all to mull over of course is this entire episode right so what i need y'all to do before our next episode is go listen to some new music right expand your horizons we talked a lot about hip-hop and r&b so maybe you want to check that out if you don't already um if you do then go check out the classics right you got like wu-tang clan outcast ice cube nwa uh dr dre 
Tupac, Biggie, right? Big names, Rakim, uh, Mosh Def, Mob Deep. Yeah, those are like the big, big, big names. Um, and then also watch out for your favorite player because he may be opting out of the league. Obviously not the NBA because they're in a bubble, but we're talking about NFL and MLB apparently because midseason opt-outs are a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> also, let's all hope and pray that Jake Paul gets arrested by the feds because screw Jake Paul. Uh, Dwayne Johnson spent $15 million on a bankrupt football league. And let's be honest, if anyone can turn anything around, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And uh, Stevie Wonder isn't blind. So thanks for listening. (laughs) 